guys, welcome back and thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the Colored In Podcast. I'm your host, Nai. That's N-A-I, because I'm nice and innovative. So today, we're going to be tackling our fourth pillar. That's letter W. That's team wellness. Um, And for those who may be new to the series or not familiar with the theme, let me be the first to welcome you to the crew. Crew, C-R-E-W, is an acronym for the four themes this podcast focuses on. It stands for career and culture, relationship, education, and wellness. I decided to focus my podcast on these themes because personally, I think they exemplify some key concepts that can give us a structured way at looking at the world, looking at society, our environment, everything. I go into it a lot about what these topics mean for me in the first episode. So if you have not listened to it, be sure to check out episode one and all the other episodes that have already been posted. Of course, don't forget to connect with us on Instagram, make sure you like our posts, share our episodes, and DM us your feedback at underscore colored underscore in. So today is actually going to be bittersweet for us because it's going to be the last episode for the season, crew. Like, I don't know if you guys have peeped yet, but we are at the last pillar. And if you've been on this journey with me, then you know that we've already cycled through our four themes twice. Um, And you also know that I plan to end it here for you guys. I will be coming back with a season two, so don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. Um, And I plan to take a two to three week hiatus to kind of go through the creative process and understanding how I want to continue on with these themes. I might switch up the themes and make up a new acronym. I don't know. I I like what I have here. I think I have a solid thing going on, but I might want to mix it up. So we'll see in season two. Right now, it's all TBD, but I'm really excited to kind of get your feedback and get your ideas on what you guys think could work. Um, If you love being a part of the crew, let me know, and I'll definitely keep on with those themes. But, okay, back to our topic. Um, I wanted to finish strong for you guys because, again, this is our last theme, and I also wanted to make this a more direct and tailored episode to the subject of wellness, specifically keeping calm, and trying to stay stress-free. I'm really excited to do this episode because I feel like this is something we need right now in the world. I mean, speaking of the world, let's look at the craziness that's happening. Like, let's run through the list. So first off, a virus has invaded our lives, um, and it continues to spike across the country. So at the time that this episode comes out, I'm hoping that we actually are in a much better coronavirus situation. Um, I'm hoping that cases have officially leveled out and dropped and that the world is given a break for the rest of 2020. But as of now, when I'm recording this in July, um, this virus came in and it was here to stay. Okay, there's talk that there's going to be a second wave. But quite frankly, I don't even think we have even left the first wave, considering how the cases have spiked across the the South specifically. Um, In New York, our cases have leveled out and I am grateful for that, but it's still a time to be very cautious. So that's number one. We got this whole virus that we need to deal with. Two, work. Work has completely permeated our homes. So I wanna stop there. I'm gonna say that I'm grateful that I have been able to work from home um, and work remotely for the past three, four months um, and for the foreseeable future. I don't see my office allowing us to return back to work um, in a full capacity. Uh, for what I understand, it would be on a rotational basis, if that. 
So one thing, I am grateful that I have my job. Let's stop right there. Um, and I'm grateful that I've been able to kind of do it from the comfort of my own home. But let's make no mistake, working from home is a whole nother level of work <laughs> and a dynamic that we had to that we had to adjust to. Think about having to first keep the same level of quality from home that you did in office office and trying to kind of set those work from home boundaries that you were able to have an office very easily so it's like you knew when to get off work you knew when to kind of stop working and it's like all of that becomes blurry um when you're in the comfort of your home and you don't really feel like you're at work but you know you are pushing out product and content or quality that your boss or your manager or your team is expecting of you so that's a whole nother thing on wellness that we have yet to discuss but that's that's number two this whole and and then of course to tag on to that number three widespread unemployment unemployment has definitely spiked way beyond what it was during the great depression and the last recent recession there has been talks of another recession upcoming because unemployment has been prolonged and honestly there's nothing we can do about it like people just can't go to work it's not nobody's being lazy nobody's being un-american and and all that craziness like it's people just can't go out safely and do their jobs in a safe capacity um if everyone got their jobs back. So widespread unemployment, unpredicted widespread unemployment, I think I would even add to that. And then of course, the deep, deep, deeply rooted social unrest that America specifically has had to experience within the last couple of months. So alluding to that, the viral murder of George Floyd, rest in peace, um, that came out in June and it kind of started a Black Lives Matter trend and sad to say that it is seems more of a, like a trend now uh, as opposed to a real shift in the culture and a real shift in the education and the ignorance that seems to pervade American society. Um, but the murder of Breonna Taylor, who hopefully by now when this episode comes out, the cops have put themselves forward and allowed themselves to be convicted of their crimes but as of now the arrest of the murder murderers of Breonna Taylor who have not been arrested yet and the murder of Ahmad, who was a simple innocent black man who was on a run in his neighborhood and shot to death by his white peers um, and I'm I say that very loosely because also I think it's very important for us to be careful about the labels that we decide to use when it comes to these situations. So I know everyone would be like, no, they were racist. No, they were anti-black. No, they were um, discriminatory. They were like KKK. And it's like, I don't know these people personally for me to make those assumptions. And it's very important for us to not use these very loaded labels when we're having these conversations about being anti-black, anti-white, um, Black Lives Matter movement, discrimination, um, police brutality, the murder of black lives, the murder of black culture. Like these words are so loaded and they're trigger words. They're trigger words for hate. And the last thing I want to do in having a conversation is put forth a sensation of hate when what I'm trying to do is encourage an atmosphere where we can meet a middle ground. Like that's what's important here. So I'm going to say peers for interest of calming and keeping the focus on the point of this conversation. But yeah, so 
deep social unrest. That's number four. And there's a whole slew of other things that is happening or that we weren't even privy to. I'm pointing to America specifically, but all the other social unrest happening in all the other different foreign countries with Yemen going through a famine, um, the the Karen epidemic, <laughs> people, people, um, it's, it's more of a meme now, but like so many Karens everywhere. So it's a lot to say the least. And so first, before I jump into what I actually really want to do with this episode, for anyone who is currently alive and well right now, anyone who is okay right now, give yourself a pat on the back. You have survived one of the most toughest historical moments America has gone through, considering how advanced we expected ourselves to be. And yes, I would say we probably recovered for this a lot better because we were able to advance so much, but it's a lot. And it's always kind of always going to be a lot. I don't think it's going to get much better in the next couple of months or through the rest of the year. It's definitely going to get a lot tougher before it gets better. So the fact that you were able to get through these last four months and for the foreseeable future, I'm speaking it into existence that you will be able to get through the next couple of months. Give yourself a pat on the back because it's sad to say there are a lot of people who were in your position in March and February who cannot say that right now. And I just want to encourage and praise you for being able to do whatever it is that you needed to do to get yourself through those times because, honey, it was hard. And it's probably going to get harder, which is why I'm bringing this episode to you guys. So we're going to be talking through the five best habits, personally for me, um, that can be used and put into practice to keep yourself calm and stress-free. Um, so let's backtrack a little bit. How do is how do you guys think people seem to be able to have a sense of calm despite the craziness that's going on in the world? Is it something that we're born with? Is it something that you think we can learn? While some of us may be naturally more calm than others or naturally more anxious than others, or quite frankly, you just have a lot more on your plate, especially if you have kids, you have um, different responsibilities, Uh, The fact is, learning to cultivate calm and peace is very much a practice. So my calm, I would say, I like to joke, my calm is put to the test almost every month. And one thing that I've been able to do is kind of build up a resilience and an emotional discipline to kind of get me through that. And I think being able to do that, which is build up resilience and emotional discipline, I think is some of the most powerful things we could ever do to help us get through these really tough moments and challenging times. So today, like I already said, I'm gonna be giving you guys five practices, five tips that you guys can use to keep yourself calm during very stressful moments. And quite frankly, I'm just gonna be spilling all the tea. (laughs) Uh, I know you guys must be wondering like, where did I get these ideas from? Where did I get these habits from? So one I wanna mention, Um, And I think I've mentioned this before in other episodes, but I have been in therapy for eight years. So there is that experience. So I do know what it means to be calm, what it means to experience calm. And I do know a lot of different tips and tricks that I personally put into use to keep myself calm and keep myself in a less stressful environment. But on top of that, I also did a lot of reading. I did a lot of research. I probably looked through... 13 or 14 different articles ranging from actual academic scholarly articles and scientific experience 
to kind of like more magazine style 10 best tips to keep yourself stress-free style um, articles. And I picked out the recurring themes that I felt were the most practicable and the most reasonable for you guys to put to work. And when I say recurring themes, I mean that these five tips that I'm going to be giving to you guys were mentioned in every single piece of research that I read. So disclaimer, these tips may or may not work for you, <laughs> but just know that whether they do work or not, I am here for you guys. And I wanted to focus an entire episode on this because now more than ever, it is pivotal to protect your peace, your humanness, and of definitely your hope. In the times that we are in right now, the challenging moments that we personally have to go through as a culture or even individually or personally, you being able to keep yourself calm or practice things that would allow yourself to reduce the intense emotions that you can feel at a given moment, one of the most important things you can do to yourself right now, people used to sleep on wellness back in the day. I would argue that they kind of still sleep on it now, or at least they conflate it with a lot of other different things. What I want this episode to do for you guys today is give you something that would allow you to protect your peace in a way that solely focuses on your actions and your behavior. Because that's the only thing you can kind of control, right? You can't really control what that person or this person did, but you can control how you react to it. And so... I'm hoping that these tips and these habits can do that for you. But again, like I said, they may or may not work. But let's toss that to the side and let's expect them to work. (laughs) Um, All right, so jumping into the list at number one, our first tip is going to be practicing emotional control. Let's lay it out here. So we're born actually with a tendency to scan the world for threats that can upend our emotions and compromise our behavior that was actually a research piece that i took from an article that i read but normally we actually act habitually and often impulsively when we're feeling anxious angry or sad and within that process we also become abnormally stressed so these threats that we are constantly looking for are straight up in our face right now. They are in full effect. Literally having to wear a mask every day is, is, is a trigger for a lot of people that can bring us into these intense emotions. And what we're finding now, or at least what's been being found now, is that with these threats kind of being in front of our face all the time and us not having to scan the world for it and look for it, it's a pushing us to hold on to our intense emotional reactions a lot longer. So if you're the type of person who can get over things quickly, um, you might be finding now that it's taking you a lot longer to process those things and process intense emotions and allow yourself to bounce back. On On the flip side, if you're the type of person who does not get over things quickly, you might find that it's taking yourself even longer. Like just the way the situation and the stressful environment that we're living in is it's conducive to us having longer or long-held emotional reactions. So what I want to encourage you guys to do is that when we are feeling those stressful moments and when those intense emotions come up, I want to play, I want us to play a little game or I want you to play a little game personally if you can do it with friends, which is called trap it, map it, zap it. 
<laughs> and what you're doing is going through these three stages where you're trying to kind of process your emotions and you can make it fun. So trap it is when you're trapping the emotion that you're feeling. You're becoming aware of the physical manifestation that the emotion is doing in your body. So if you're anxious, you might feel tight. You might feel like just all scrunched up and tense. And if you're angry, you might feel hot. You might feel heated and just heavy. And when you're in those emotional responses, realize what's happening in your body and, and catch it. And you know what? I wouldn't don't let it go yet. Realize you like, you know what? My body is tense. I'm hot. I'm heated because this is what's happening. I am angry. I am anxious. I am sad. I am whatever the case is. And also on to add on top of that, I am stressed. My body is physically reacting to the amount of stress that I, that's happening or that is a result of the emotion that I'm feeling. So to move on to the next phase, map it. So when you finally realize, I right, this is what's happening right now, figure out the thought that triggered it. So one thing that I always had to do is I would feel, sometimes I would just feel myself tensing up. And I realized it was happening whenever I was watching Governor Cuomo give his reports on the coronavirus cases in New York. And I, when I was going through this exercise, I was like, why am I feeling so tense? Like, what's causing me to do this? And I realized that it was a sense of helplessness that I was feeling because I felt like the pandemic would never end. I was like, damn, another 500 cases overnight? Like, what the? I would like, and I would just feel like, yo, what? When is this going to end? Will it ever end? And that feeling, that thought triggered a sense of anxiety within my body. And I was able to map it. And then going on to my to the next piece of this game, zap it, which is get rid of that thought. Kick it to the curb. Tell him to pack his stuff and go to the left, to the left, to the left, right? So, or, you know, let's be a little bit more practical. Reframe it so that it can be a little bit more realistic and calm yourself down. So one thing that I tried, and it took me a while to try to reframe it because I'm seeing 400, 500 cases popping up every night. It was hard for me to think that um, things would get better. But with the zap it piece, what I was able to do is kind of reframe that sense of helplessness that I was feeling. And so instead of me thinking, yo, this, this shit will never end, um, I, was, I started thinking, you know what? It's probably going to happen for some time. New York is crowded. We're on top of each other. The spread will have to, ha- the spread will pre- be prolonged a lot more because of the state and the infrastructure of our city. But things are going to change. This literally cannot go on for forever, right? Things are going to change. They're going to change every day. And little by little, we'll be able to get back to a new normal. And as I kind of processed that thought and I said it out loud, I felt the stress kind of leaving my body. And that was an exercise of me being able to practice emotional control. So I want to encourage you guys to definitely play that game, do that little exercise, because it can work wonders in helping you keep yourself calm. So our number two, use your breath. Because, honey, there's this thing called oxygen. Whew, God is good. (laughs) Oxygen, oh my God, that's my man's right? Use your breath. Whenever we're stressed, we tend to actually take shallow breaths, which means we're not allowing enough oxygen to enter our body. And sometimes we even hold our breath. So let me give you an example. Have you ever like exercised? Well, 
let's hope the answer to that is yes. But I'm sure you guys have all exercised before because we all had gym, right? And you had to hold that 30 or 60 second plank or you had to do that last burpee and you're just shaking or you're struggling to hold it or to finish up the last rep. And then finally, you just remember to breathe or your gym teacher tells you to breathe or your exercise trainer tells you to breathe and you take that breath and all the tension just releases from your body. And then automatically, out of nowhere, like out of magic, you automatically just get like five more seconds in you to hold on to the move or to get back up from the burpee. Honey, that is the power of breathing. So in the most stressful moments, when thing is just like, ah, ah, and you can't practice emotional control and your mind is running a mile a minute, use your breath. Take a deep inhale and exhale through your nose, deep into your belly button and out your mouth, making sure you're expanding your diaphragm and dropping your shoulders. And when you're able to do that, you can physically manifest a sense of peace and calm within your body. Now for our number three which is letting go of control. And I mean of control of the physical and material things. So many of us hold on to control for dear life. Let's just get that straight. I am not the exception here. (laughs) We attach ourselves to outcomes, to results, and we push for things to happen the way we want them to happen. And like I said, I am not the exception. I'm probably one of the best examples um, to personify that statement. But one thing I do know is that control is often rooted in fear, right? We try to control things because we're scared of what might happen if we don't control them. And it doesn't help, especially if you're trying to control things that are quite frankly out of your control. What instead it does is ramp up your stress and anxiety And it actually puts our bodies into survival, flight, or fight mode. I feel like the universe has a way of just working things out and letting people live. And kind of like letting you live your best life as long as you stop tampering with it. But sometimes we can't. And that's because we're just kind of so attuned to trying to make shit work the way we expect it to work. But we can be so much happier when we let things be. And honestly, things can go so much more smoother when we let up a little bit and allow them to happen as they're supposed to instead of trying to be a pusher or aggressor and try to force things. So when we're able to kind of trust that we are okay, no matter the environment, no matter the circumstances, no matter the craziness that we are being exposed to, we can open up a path to allowing ourselves to be calmer, be less stressed, and even allowing ourselves to be open to different opportunities and possibilities that comes as a result of being less stressed um so i would encourage you guys it's so hard i don't i'm not gonna say you can't do this overnight but you can try (laughs) so when you're feeling like things are just piling up and it's just like oh like nothing's going the way i want and yada 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 literally just take a step back you're like you know what forget it i don't want to deal with this anymore let whatever happen happen literally say those words even if you don't mean them And you'll start to like feel a little bit of the tense and also do some movement with it. Push your hands away from you, wave them around, do whatever it is that you need to do, but kind of like physically just start pushing things away from you. Don't push nobody though, because 
I'm not going to be here if you get attacked. But like push that negative and that controlling energy away from you and just be like, you know what? It's okay. This is not my, this is not for me anymore. If, if you guys have seen that uh, um, that meme or that, that viral video of the man who was working at a hotel and was called a very racist slur and he was like, it's above me. Just do that. You're going to be like, you know what? Forget it. It's above me and push that negative energy away. I think that's one way we able to manifest letting go of control, especially of the physical and material world. So our number four is to say no. And dare I say, hell no. <laughs> okay? Many of us drive ourselves into exhaustion. We drive ourselves into fatigue. Eyes red, feet aching, back breaking, just pure exhaustion. But to protect our well-being, we have to create boundaries for other people and for ourselves. So we're going to have to start saying no to social commitments, to errands, to chores, in order for us to proactively contribute to our well-being, our health, and our self-care. I'm not saying let yourself go. I'm not saying don't work out, don't take care of your body, don't do this or that. But I am saying that sometimes when you could be a little bit kinder to yourself and give yourself a little bit of leeway on that to-do list you got to do, it's a power move. And it's probably the most powerful tool you can have when trying to protect your peace. I want to introduce you guys to this newer concept. I actually don't know if it's a new, new one, but it's definitely new to me. And it's something that I'm really excited to start practicing and putting into action. And it's called a to-don't list. So it's opposite of a to-do list, but it's actually very helpful in helping you prioritize and be nice to yourself. Making a to-don't list is basically making a list of activities and requests that you won't do because they're not going to support you mentally or physically. And they can be social commitments, you know, a dinner there, drinks there, so what, so, so on and so forth. Or self-imposed commitments like housework, working late, scrolling through social media for hours on end, doing errands for things that you probably don't need like cookies, ice cream, and all these saturated fats and highly processed foods. Um... Because quite honestly, we need to say no to ourselves also. Like a lot of people think that being kind to yourself is letting you get that extra pint of ice cream. But it's like, no, because your body's processing that in a way where it's harmful. And it's like, sometimes you need to say no to yourself. That's originally allowing you to say yes to the ice cream. <laughs> um, so oftentimes we're tempted to act in ways that drain our energy, but we don't realize it because it's what everyone else is doing right? We're on social media, scrolling, 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 subconsciously probably also feeling bad about ourselves because these people look like freaking models and superstars. And we just sit here in our bed in our pajamas with a bonnet on. And it's completely draining to see that repeatedly over and over again, but we do it anyway. And so putting something like that on a to don't list and sticking to it allows you to say yes to your well-being and your health care. So I want to say that whenever an errand or activity that pops up on your to-don't list pops up or you're tempted to do it, stick to it and be like, mm, sorry, boo, can't get to you yet. Not going to indulge because you are not conducive to protecting myself and protecting my peace and keeping me happy and elated. So that's the to-don't list. I encourage you guys to make one and share it with me because I'm actually interested in seeing what's on some people's to-don't list. My to-don't list is to not go on social media unless I'm like doing a promo um, 
for the podcast um, not to watch more than two episodes of any particular show on Netflix or Hulu and not to watch more than one movie um, every three days. And instead, I have to be active. I have to go on a walk. I have to do something. I don't know. I figure it out. But those are like on my to-don't list. And I've been at it for about a week now. And I'm starting, to see some, I'm starting to see some changes. And that actually what inspired me to make this episode because I was kind of like spiraling in research. <laughs> and I found this topic and I was like, this is so interesting. And this is definitely something we need right now. So I encourage you guys to please, please um, work on, create, and stick to a to-don't list. So our number five, last but definitely not least, and definitely an old age concept that has come out or that we have heard time and time again, um, which is find the good. And that's, you know, finding the good in things, finding the good in negative moments. And I want to start off by saying that joy and happiness and goodness is not the result of struggle or of unhappiness or of malice. Joy, happiness is the result of joy and happiness, right? People are always saying, I know what something is because I know what it's not. That's fine. That's one way to define things. I also know what it means to be happy because I've been happy. And because happiness is just such a pure and final emotion in and of itself that I don't need to have been mad or angry or sad or depressed or anxious to understand what it means to be happy, right? When I was a kid or when, let's think about it when we were babies, babies are happy, smiling, happy-go-lucky all the time. And a lot of the times that's the most emotion that they bring, that they exude without being sad or upset or anything because their body doesn't or their mind hasn't processed what makes them angry or upset yet so all they have is happiness and what is that a result of happiness plain old happiness so even in the darkest of times and even in the most challenging of times that felt kind of poetic (laughs) even in the most challenging of times I think that we have the opportunity to choose to find the good and even research has shown that being able to do that can turn anxiety to calmness and to peace. And it all starts by just balancing your perspective. So I think the best way we can balance our perspective is by playing this game called Rosebud Thorn. It was a game that I was introduced to in college and I didn't, I didn't care for it <laughs> when I first heard it. But you know, you're in a group, you're doing icebreakers, so you just have to do it because you didn't want to be the lame one who didn't participate. But ultimately, it ended up being something that I adopted and that I actually needed um, a lot of times throughout college when I was feeling pretty stressed about, about a lot of different things. I just took a step and I was just like, okay, let me rosebud thorn the hell out of my life right now so I can feel better, so I can just feel better and feel like um, things are on the up and up. So to play this game, you kind of, it's, it's a very mental, verbal game. I encourage you to play with other people, but this is definitely something you can do for yourself. But you think of your rose. So your rose of the day is something that went well. Your bud is something that you're looking forward to because, you know, it's still in that growing phase. So it's, there's anticipation, there's excitement attached to it. And if you're finding that you can't find a bud, make one. Actually prioritize making a bud for that week or for the coming weeks or for the coming months because being able to be excited about the future is a very important tool that can help you feel less stressed about the present. So I would encourage you to make a date with a friend, 
create a spa day, book some time for yourself to be goofy, whatever it is that you usually do that can make yourself happy, but schedule that bud as soon as possible so you can have that excitement. And then of course the thorn, which is something that did not go well. And I encourage everyone to keep it to one thorn because it's very easy for us to spiral into a negative thought process and for us to just keep complaining and complaining and complaining. So keep that thorn short. (laughs) Do not let it go long and definitely don't let it be any longer than what your rose or your bud is. I encourage the rose and the buds to be a long list of things. Your thorn, one to two things max. Try not to even get past one, to be honest, um, because we don't want to spiral, right? But what that game can do for us is help us recenter ourselves by reminding us that even in the midst of these negative thorns and these negative times or challenging times, there are a lot more things that are going really well. There are a lot more things that we can win at. There are a lot more things that we can have victory in. There are a lot more ways we can be validated and vindicated. And there are a lot more things that are to come that can make us feel that way also. So it helps us balance and refocus our perspective. And that allows us to find the good in things. And you can control your peace and keep your calm to yourself when it comes to being in those stressful moments. So I hope that these tips are helpful to you. But before I like run through them again very quickly, I want to close off by saying I sympathize with you. It is incredibly challenging to feel calm right now. Like, to say it frankly, shit is just too real. (laughs) And it's, I would say personally for me, it's definitely now more of a challenge more than ever because I can't even get access to my friends the way I want because the virus is, and it's like, it's either you get access to your friends or you compromise your safety and your health. And it's like, that's such a, who would have thought that would have been such a tough decision to make? But it turns out I'm not that selfish, right? So each of us have the capacity to find contentment. We all have the capacity to keep and protect our peace despite what's going on around us. And I think that by practicing these five habits, you'll be able to access the calmness that you have available within you and ultimately become your own island of peace. So to give you a recap of what those tips were, Number one was practicing emotional control. Number two is using your breath. Number three is letting go of control. Number four is saying no to yourself and to others. And number five is finding the good. Finding the good in all the negative things that we are currently experiencing and are exposed to right now. So that's it for today, crew. Thank you guys for listening. Be sure to share this episode with your friends so that they can join the crew and find us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and Anchor.fm. Connect with us on Instagram at underscore colored underscore in and be sure to give us your thoughts on these episodes and be sure to let us know how these tips may have worked for you. I'm excited to hear from you guys and I can't wait to speak with you soon. Bye.